Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Side of Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis. The Cubs are kind of in a roller coaster right now. They've been up, they've been down, they've won a few good games, they've lost a few frustrating games. And right now, the main topic of conversation in terms of things that are not going well is the bullpen. So we will spend a lot of time on that. We will also talk about some of the good things. The starting pitching continues to be solid, and Chris Bryant continues to hit the ball very hard. So let's just get right into it. Adam, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing just fine. Right now, the weather in Chicago is fantastic, but that's going to take a very big turn. So I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, well, I don't know how know, things are on your end. Uh, it is a little little cold today. Yesterday, we had rain all day. Uh, it's It's been typical Nebraska weather. I think we had one day last week that got up to 90. Uh, and then a few days later, we were in the 30s. And Fine. that's, yeah, that's just the way it goes in Nebraska. There's even parts of Nebraska right now that could get snow tomorrow. Ooh, yeah. Great. And Glad May is almost over. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Memorial day weekend snow. No one wants Man, that. We're, what a way to kick off our show tonight. We're like a family reunion right now, all getting together and awkwardly talking about the weather because nobody really wants to be there and we just don't know what to say. <laughs> I know, I'm, not, right? I'm not saying I don't want to be here. I want to be here, but it does. It never gives that impression when the first thing you talk about is the weather. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm just saying it's really nice here, and it's been a rarity. Yeah. Uh, here's something that has not been a rarity lately. Cubs bullpen struggles. It's been quite the grind lately, and I think it's something that's not very surprising considering this year we went in with eh, expectations with the bullpen. We also have a number of injuries Xavier Cedeno, who just came back from injury, is back on the IL. Pedro Strope is still out. Obviously, we don't know when Brendan Morrow is coming back, if Brendan Morrow is coming back. There's a lot of work to be done here because guys like Kyle Ryan, who got off to a very good start, is struggling mightily in May. He, he looked really good in April, but now oh, the numbers have really taken a turn. Ian Kinsler or sorry, Brandon Kinsler. I keep calling him Ian Kinsler. I'm sorry. Brandon Kinsler has been showing some cracks after a very good start. Uh, so there's some work to be done here. Yeah, and I, man, that, it was really hard to watch Carl the other night. Really hard. Oh, you're talking about uh, last night against the Phillies? Uh-huh, yeah. He was just all over the place. My God. And the thing is, is that Carl, even when he's all over the place, at least he can miss some bats still. He wasn't missing bats. He was getting hit hard. Well, I mean, when you're throwing a foot outside the zone, nobody's going to swing at that. Yes, but you know when he does throw a strike, he gets a lot of swings and misses. He was not getting that last night when he threw strikes. No, but I mean, I know the season is young and... He hasn't pitched that much yet, but I, I'm already a little concerned about him. I know he's only, he's, I think he has 10 innings of work yet, though, this year. It just, when you've seen the inconsistency the past few years, you naturally worry. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's just so, he just has no control right now. I mean, the stuff looks halfway decent when, when it's on, but. He's just missing the zone so wide. 
But I mean, I, I got to think that at some point he'll he'll kind of get it figured out. I mean, he's not his ERA is over eleven now, and that's obviously that's not indicative of the season he's going to have, or at least I hope it's not. But I I think he'll be okay. Right now, I think yeah you know, we we've talked about this before that the biggest thing with Carl is is uh, seeing the warning signs when he's out there. Mm-hmm. And last night I thought there were there was there were plenty of warning signs for Joe to pull him earlier than he did and I don't know. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Yeah, I mean I, I could definitely see it. Now what I thought I, was now, interesting. I, I also get the viewpoint of you know he's not gonna he's not gonna break through some of those issues unless you give him a chance to. Yeah. But it's also it's also like we've mentioned that this could be a tight race, and you can't really afford to throw a game away uh, just to get one of your relievers some practice. You know that's the Cubs don't have that luxury right now because I mean the Cardinals have been struggling as of late a little bit, but but I th- I think realistically the Cardinals and the Brewers are still both big threats to win the central and they're they're yeah. at this point there are no there are no games that you can afford to just toss no you're trying to win a ball game that yeah. exactly you're trying to win a ball game it was a one run game it was one to nothing at the time uh thank goodness they came back and won in the ninth inning but yeah, it, it looked like last night was on the path to another frustrating loss and it's again look you can question joe man for some of the moves he makes even when it comes to the bullpen but Again, it's hard when a lot of guys are either hurt or struggling. I, I mean, it's you brought in Kinsler to try to get Andrew McCutcheon, and you're thinking, okay, Kinsler's overall been good, but lately he hasn't been. And Kinsler is not a swing and miss guy. He's a guy that gets contact, contact outs. Right. He got the contact. He got the soft ground ball, but it went through the hole. But again, Carl Edwards Jr., didn't really have it last night. So you could probably go either way on that by saying, hey, keep him in. At least he could usually miss some bats. Or no, his control is way off. He's getting hit hard. Get him out of there. You can look at it either way. At the end of the day, the bullpen just has to be better. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, but at the same time, they were so good for a stretch there that I think they were just kind of due for a little stretch like this. I mean, I, I obviously the fans in general, we weren't huge believers in this bullpen going into the season. And I said before the season, you know, let's at least give them a chance. And I think we'd all agree that overall they've been much better than we expected them to be. Uh, I also think that the pace they were on was not totally sustainable. They were, they were due to regress a little bit here at some point, but now we we've seen them we've seen them go both ways. So now we at least know that this bullpen is capable of being good. And for what it's worth, Theo has come out and said that they will uh, add to the bullpen if they can via trade. Which which they I think they absolutely need to. I mean, let's, oh yeah yeah. Let's look at the bright spots. To me, the biggest bright spot is Steve Ciszek. You have a 2.45 ERA, a 2.81 FIP, a 1.045 WHIP. But here's the thing: you can't throw him out as many times as you do for multiple innings no. like the other night. His arm's going to fall off. We saw yeah. it last year. We saw him fade because he was used so much. 
Yeah, that's that's been an issue recently. So just certain guys are maybe getting overused a little bit, but I, I think there, there's there's plenty of bright spots in the bullpen. I mean, Brandon Kinsler seems to have bounced back pretty well. He's got a three one eighty RA, which is good. But I, I'm also a little concerned too because the peripherals suggest that that maybe he's uh, getting a little lucky every once in a while. But, and that's you know, the thing. When they yeah. had a good stretch, were they pitching good or were they lucky? I think yeah. there were some guys who were legit pitching it's well. Probably a little bit of both. Probably a little bit of both. I agree. Yeah, because Cishek has looked good. And you know what? As long as he's got a three a three ish ERA, I'm not. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say the guy a guy who has a three ERA is pitched poorly because I just don't think that's the case. And I think there have been instances where he got out at some jams that. You know, he was probably a little bit lucky, but I would say, in general, he's been fine. I mean, if your whip he's is under one, good than if, bad. If I'd your agree. whip is if your whip is under one, then you you are doing something right. Yeah, that brings us to kind of a weird case: Brad Brock, who has a two seventy five ERA, but the whip is one point six three. Well, we've yeah. seen the walks be an issue. Yeah, I think that Brad Brock. See, he he's he's one case where you you really don't have to wonder uh, because you, when you're watching him pitch, you you can see that he's either on or he's not. It's you know he's he's not just kind of flying by the seat of his pants. He's either really good or or not so much. I think that the thing with Brad Brock right now is that he's just been too streaky. Yeah, exactly. Because again, the ERA looks good. The FIP is 3.95. It's a little high, but you look at the whip and the base on ball per nine is 8.7. The strikeouts per nine is 9.2. That's pretty good. But 8.7 base on ball per nine. Yeesh. You want that to be better. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> and you see when Brock is good, he's got a lot of good movement on his pitches and the velocity is coming back. The other day he threw what, 96, 97, 98? Uh-huh. Yeah, so, that, that was weird. That kind of threw yeah. everybody off. I think it just may have been a little, a little adrenaline. Up. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But why? Well, it was a, kind of a random game to get that adrenaline rush. but It was a crazy take-the-lead game. You know, It was a frustrating yeah. game throughout, and they took the lead on a pretty crazy play. So, you know, maybe that's why he was amped up a little bit. I suppose... I suppose. So on Twitter, I asked the people, who would you want to see the Cubs go after? Not named Craig Kimbrell. Uh, One of the reasons is because we've talked about that over and over and over. And Theo Epstein publicly said it's probably going to be via trade. Now, is Theo going to reveal his cards if he's trying to go after Kimbrell? No, but I do believe him in the fact that he is going to try to get some relief pitching via the trade market. Uh, so I basically asked, you know what, what do you guys want? So just to interrupt you for a second. Yes. I, I'm pretty sure, I can't remember where it was from, but I, I'm pretty sure it was a, a credible, somebody big like CBS or something. I'm pretty sure I saw a report that Craig Kimbrell is like substantially lowered his yes. asking price to something I can't remember exactly, but I want to say it was in the ballpark of like three years and 50 or 60 million or something like that. And if that's the case, then I think that is actually doable. Oh, I think it's very doable. And that's probably why the Cubs really are 
looking at it, even if they're not saying they are. Here's the thing. A lot of teams are going to be looking at him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Cubs are not the only team with bullpen problems. You can go everywhere. Heck, look at the Cardinals and the Brewers. They need some help. Oh, you go down the list of contenders. All of them could use another good bullpen arm. All of them. Sure. You can never have enough, especially the way the postseason is played these days. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the, the one position that every team is on the market for come deadline because it just doesn't matter how good you are. There's never a team that has a an electric bullpen from top to bottom. There's always at least somebody that you could upgrade over. And you can look at a lot of the World Series winners of recent, whether it's a closer or not. Usually a contender gets a decent name slash big name reliever. Either at the deadline or before the deadline, at some point, they're always stocking their pen. Yeah, and and it, I, you know, the cub the Cubs have added every year, and this year will be no different. They'll get somebody, some bodies maybe, preferably. Yeah. So here is kind of what people have been saying, and there's a couple names on here that have already been mentioned before in the public, particularly Ken Giles. We'll get to Ken Giles yeah. in a minute because there's a, a few uh, things I want to talk about there. People have also brought up Shane Green from Detroit, Will Smith from San Francisco, Tony Watson from San Francisco. And by the way, the Giants have a pretty good set of relievers. They haven't had that in a while, but the Giants are probably going to be selling is my guess. I just don't think they're very they good. Should. They, they should. They should be, be, yes. Yeah. So they got a lot of arms kind of to stubborn, sell. though. They've been stubborn the past two years. I've been yeah. saying the past two years they need to rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, they, they probably should have just accepted their fate. But in some ways, I respect them for for trying still. I mean, I prefer yeah. to see teams try to win. But at the same time, it's a business. And if that's your if that's your strategy, then then go for it. But those are the two big names in San Francisco out of the pen is Watson and Smith. Then you have Sean Doolittle from Washington, which is another (laughs) another topic of conversation. Joe Madden comments kind of irked me a little bit. The ones he made about Joe Madden. Yeah, when he was when he was like Joe Madden just has to remind everybody how smart he is. To me, that's like the pot calling the kettle black because Sean Doolittle is also like a a super vocal dude. Well, and the thing was, is that Joe Madden wasn't doing that to call out Sean Doolittle or make it a problem with Sean Doolittle. He was sticking up for his player and sending a message. That's the thing. Maybe Sean didn't know that, but he was was wrong about that. That that had nothing to... I said this on, on Twitter. When has Joe Madden ever been a guy who goes out and tries to throw opposing players off their game. When has he ever done that? Like, that's no. just, that's yeah, not exactly. something he does. He was, his only beef was that the, that the league said Carl couldn't do it, but they're letting Sean do it. So I, I, Joe Madden was totally within his rights to, to, uh, to be mad about that. Sean's wrong. And I, don't know, I just don't like his beard either. It's too scraggly. <laughs> it looks like it smells that beard it looks like if you turned the lights off you could point to him in a room ew 
that's probably that's a little yeah that's that's a little over the top i guess but but i mean going back to the whole thing that joe mann said was look if you want him to take it privately to mlb that doesn't send the message i don't think if the message is truly to say look we noticed that our pitcher can't do it and theirs can i'm gonna call the mlb out publicly yeah doing it privately is not gonna send that same message yeah exactly i totally agree I mean, look at Texas. Their manager was upset when Carl was doing it. Yeah, I'd, that was that was BS. That was a bologna sandwich. But, but I mean, I, I don't know if the Cubs are going to go after him. The Nationals are certainly going to be selling, I think, at this point. That team is a dumpster fire. Yeah, which and why. I mean, I guess they're getting a little bit older, but their their roster isn't that bad. They've got some hitters in that lineup, and their pitching rotation on paper is still good. I mean, I, I don't know. I I wonder if Anthony Rendon will be like the popular position player that, that teams want at the trade deadline. I mean, because it could I, be, I, I think, he's going to be I a rental. They could, I think they could get, yeah, even though he's going to be a rental, I still think team uh, could use him a lot. And, you know, the nationals probably won't get anything huge, in return for him, but they you know they also got to consider that he probably isn't going to resign with them, so they might as well get what they can. Well, I think personally, I think the Nationals should have a fire sale. I, I just I don't see this group going anywhere. Just get I, rid of all of them. Just sell Scherzer, Strasburg, everybody. Because I mean, yes, they suck have. We're a Washington fan. It what? would suck. It's, it would they suck. still they do still have to sell tickets. That's something they that teams have to consider too. Is that even after you've after the trade deadline, you still have to play the games, and nobody's going to be going to Nationals games if they get rid of all their good players. Oh Surely no, I mean, got to hang on to somebody. It's it's different. I mean, you would probably hang on to Juan Soto, uh, Turner, yeah. Uh, yeah, some of those younger guys. But I say. Rendon, if he's going to be testing the market, sell him. If Scherzer gets better, so. I say sell him. Rendon's going to get paid. Yeah, I think absolutely. He, yeah, he's going to get a huge deal, or at least so he should. Him. He's like he's said, really, really under the radar. I mean, not not amongst you know big baseball fans, but I don't. I wouldn't say that Anthony Rendon is a household name either. But it, his numbers suggest that he probably should be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's probably one of the most underrated players in the game. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You could sell him for a package, and if you really want to pony up the dough in the offseason, maybe you could do that. Uh, uh, Ryan Zimmerman is, unfortunately, at the end of his career. You're not going to really yeah. get him. And he's injured. Uh, but I save Scherzer, starts pitching like Scherzer again. I'd be tempted to sell him off. I really would. Man, I, I don't know. He's 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 probably their biggest ticket sale. But think about guess. it. He's getting older. Yeah. How much more prime does he have left? Well, we asked we've asked that though for like 4 years straight. We have, but but this this year does look a little different so far. He's not mm-hmm. he's not been on top of it. I'm hoping that changes because he's he's really one of my favorite pitchers to watch in Mine baseball. Too. Mine too. I mean, because remember, he was in the same his... class as Lester. 
Yeah, so, I mean, two big names in that one class. His peripherals actually aren't that bad though either. So I, I actually think that he's he's due to kind of bounce back here pretty soon. I I think he's still got plenty in the tank. The other I thing, mean, is, and he's still throwing like ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, the velocity isn't gone. Yeah, it may just be a little he blip. He hasn't lost much. Yeah. The other thing is, if if you sold him this year, whoever would be taking him on would take on this year, twenty 2020 twenty, and twenty twenty one. So maybe this year wouldn't be the time to sell him if he gets a little better. But if you go into next year and you're still not doing good, but Scherzer is at least still being Scherzer, then I think it'd be a bit more tempting. And I'm not saying, oh, the Nats should just sell Scherzer right now. Just do it. I'm saying maybe at least listen to phone calls if people are calling. At least listen. Oh, I I think so. Yeah. I would be kind of sad to see him go, but... At the same time, it would be nice to watch him pitch in the postseason with a team that can actually win a series, unlike the Nationals. Yeah, I mean, with the Nationals, he hasn't been past the NLDS. He has with the Tigers, but not with the Nationals. I kind of want, want the Nationals' curse to keep going. They just never win a playoff series for as long as they exist. <laughs> Well, I don't think they're going to be winning any playoff series this year unless something big happens. Can you imagine the Cubs go 100-plus years without winning a World Series? The Nationals go 100-plus years without winning a postseason series. Yikes. Surely the odds are not with them on that, but I, it would be funny. I'm, I'm, here's I'm some, rooting for that. Here's something interesting that I was thinking about today while at work because, you know, it was an up-and-down day at work. I was thinking about the Nationals and how they fired Dusty Baker after Mm -hmm. uh, they lost to the Cubs in the NLDS in 2017. I mean, look, I know you lost Bryce Harper this year, but you had Bryce Harper last year. You had a pretty good team last year, and last year was the first time in several years you didn't have Dusty Baker as your manager. Now... I could say a lot of things about Dusty Baker, but his two years as Nationals manager, he won 95 and 97 games. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Dusty is, is a decent manager. I, I think that firing him was a little premature. And the thing is, he didn't do anything to lose that series against the Cubs. It was no. the Nationals screwing up and... I'll be honest, it was a little bit of good luck on the Cubs' part and bad luck on their part. Yeah, I think The Cubs they... were kind of lucky to win that series. Yeah, I think they just kind of scapegoated Baker. They did. Now, I think I have right to criticize Dusty Baker's Cubs tenure for a number of reasons. Well, sure. But I thought he did a good job in Washington. I really did. Especially in 2017. I, I thought, thought he did so, a very good job. I thought so, too, and I think the players seemed to like him. I mean, that's that's a huge part of it. I mean, look look at the Cardinals, for God's sakes, how how, how terrible they were just because they didn't like Matheny very much. And then as yeah. soon as they got rid of him, they were just gelling. Yeah, I mean, that can make a bigger difference than some people may see. You know what else is weird about Dusty Baker? Uh, he was manager of the Reds longer than the Cubs. It doesn't feel that way, but I just, I don't know. I find that weird for some reason. He was, he had a longer tenure in Cincinnati than he did with the Cubs. When you think of Dusty Baker, typically you think of him as Cubs giants. At least I do, maybe because I'm a Cubs fan, but 
Baker didn't get nearly as much media attention as he did in Cincinnati or Washington as he did here in Chicago. But Dusty was in Cincinnati for quite a while. Yeah, Dusty's been around a long time. Do you know Dusty's going to turn 70 next month? That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. And he had a, he had a kid just graduate high school like last year. Wasn't that the kid that ran out uh, on the field during the 2002 World Series? Yeah, I think so. I I think Sean Dunstan picked him up and brought him back to the dugout. I think think that was him. His first year as manager ever in 93 with the Giants, he won 103 games. And you know, he's, especially among people our age, he's best known as a manager. But Dusty, Dusty was a good ball player back in the day. He was, and he was fortunate to win some uh, some rings as a player. Yeah, who'd he win his with? Uh, I think the Dodgers. Dodgers? Yeah, he played played with the Dodgers for a while. He did. I, like yeah, seven he, or he eight had a years very with good the Dodgers. There, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, we kind of got on a tangent about Dusty and the Nationals. But I mean, yeah. long story short, you know, probably going to be selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then here's here's two, three actually that are kind of borderline with a number of scenarios. Oh, first uh, I want to mention that uh, we got uh, an answer. It was uh, also Craig Kimbrell, but the C okay. and the K were switched. So little joke played uh, by uh, Cami on Twitter. So uh, shout out to you for that one. But here are the last three. Uh, Blake Trinan from Oakland, Michael Lorenzen from the Reds, and someone I really want, but I don't think the Cubs would get him, is Alex Colome from the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, they were willing to work with the Cubs to for the Quintana deal, but that surprised me. I, I don't know if they'd be willing to do that again, and... You know, Colome, he's he's getting older. So, and the White Sox, they they believe they're on a trajectory to be good here pretty soon. So, I would think right. that most of their assets they would want to keep. But Colome, obviously, I don't is not a long term solution for them. I don't think. But I'm sure, as you've mentioned, I think other teams would be willing to pay more for him than the Cubs are able to. So I I, I don't see that one happening. Yeah, and the other thing with Colome is is the Sox got them via trade. They traded Omar Narvaez, who is a younger player who has shown some promise. So I just I don't know if the White Sox would want to trade away a guy they traded away an asset for. Um, and it's not like we have an Eloy Jimenez or Cease lying around again. And yeah. would you really want to give something like that up for a reliever? I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think so either. I. I I just don't see the White Sox and the Cubs working together on a trade again for a while. I think that was a pretty rare deal that they did that. It was. It was very extreme circumstances, too. The Cubs were trying to get over the hump because they were around 500, trying to defend their title, and the White Sox were in year one of a rebuild. Things are a little different now. Yeah, I think we could pretty much scratch that one off the board. Yeah, but let's look at some of the others. Uh, First of all, Ken Giles. It sounds pretty obvious that the Cubs are interested in him. 
Uh, Arizona Phil from the CubsReporter.com, or at least this was posted from him on the CubsReporter.com, uh, saw it on Twitter that Jay Scouts are going to be within the Cubs organization uh, watching some of their games uh, kind of throughout. So the Jays may have some mutual interest in dealing Ken Giles. The Jays aren't going anywhere. Uh, so far this year, he's a 137 ERA, a 1017 whip and a strikeouts per nine of 14.2. So it's a very intriguing name. 136 FIP. Yeah. That's crazy. He's been very good. That's not sustainable. But again, it's like the average baseball fan doesn't care about FIP. Ken Giles would be great. That that He would be an awesome addition to the bullpen. I don't know how much truth there is to the rumors going around that they've been in talks or that the Cubs are interested, but... I hope they're true because Ken Giles would be a really good one. I mean, that that would really transform that bullpen, I think. I think so, too. And one of the big things that we want to really emphasize with looking at bullpen arms, you want a guy that has had a track record of success. Some of these relievers, you could look around saying they're having great years, but the sample size overall is a very big or they're having one really good year and other years they've been really bad you look at some of these relievers on this list they've had up and downs in terms of their career but Mm -hmm. they've had successful years other successful years so you know they can keep that up if that makes sense yeah giles fits that bill oh yeah and i think you know obviously i think everyone would agree is in the bullpen the cubs biggest need is a bona fide closer mm-hmm. because I as much as I love Strope and I think he could succeed in the closer role when he comes back and he's healthy I think his I think he's best utilized as a setup man I agree I think I think that's that's the best role for him that's where he's that's where he's shined with this team so that's where I would prefer to see him when he comes back healthy now if they don't get a true closer then I suppose I'm okay with with Strope taking that role because I, I guess he's probably the best option for that when everyone's healthy. But I really would like to see Strope pitching in the eighth and then somebody yeah. more proven closing games. Especially in the postseason. Yeah. Or oh, yeah. if you're down the stretch. Uh-huh. I mean, that's pretty important. Is Ken Giles going to be too expensive for the Cubs, though? Do they really have, is their farm system got enough in it? See, that's the question with a lot of these guys. I mean, we don't have a lot of assets to trade away. Right. That's that's the problem. I mean, we it's the same thing with with, with Alex Colomay is, you know, a lot of teams are going to be interested in Ken Giles. And the Cubs farm system right now is pretty depleted. And so I think most teams that are interested can offer more than the Cubs can. And that's just the bottom line. So I, I think the Cubs are going to have to get real creative somehow, I think. And maybe Ian Happ. I mean, Ian Happ is, you know, he, he's had his struggles in the big leagues, but he has at least proven that he can be a big league player. Sure. And that, so that's worth something. You know, that's that's something not every team has. So maybe maybe that's Ian Happ's time to relocate. I don't know. I maybe mean, even Addison Russell. Maybe even sure. Addison Russell. I mean, he hasn't been he hasn't been terrible since coming up. He, he's hitting a little bit, and if teams are you know if willing to deal with the tremendous amount of baggage that comes with him, you know, that's another major league ready player. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, Ian Happ has been a name that's been brought up a lot for the very reasons you were talking about. I mean, think about think about a rebuilding team, and you have an opportunity to get a kid with potential. Would you rather get a kid with potential that has had some big league experience if you want to sell off a, a reliever? Because, look, some relievers, like elite ones, can be very expensive. We saw the Chapman trade. We saw other trades around baseball, like the Andrew Miller trade that same year, give up really big assets for it. But for guys who are doing really well, but don't have the huge resume like a Chapman, I would think they would, some teams would be willing to take a chance on a young player like Hap. Maybe, maybe yeah. Hap's not the sole piece going, but I feel like he could be could a be very interesting chip. Yeah. Would you yeah. give up Nico? <sighs> Nico is kind of the one prospect that I want to hang on to. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to think, you know, Baez obviously is hopefully the Cubs long-term shortstop. And so so you've got half your middle infield shored up for the long term. I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and assume that that's going to happen, that Baez and the Cubs will work out some sort of extension. He I think just, the Cubs would be stupid not to. Oh yeah, he he seems like he loves it here enough that he would he would be willing to to work things out before he hits free agency. But then again, I don't know. I mean, if, if he keeps going the way he's going, then maybe the best decision for him would be to hit free agency because he could get a lot. I'm really hoping the Cubs can just he's gonna get, get it a done. lot either way. He's gonna yeah. get a lot either way. Yeah. I mean, they were talking about the cash flow that's going to start coming in with the marquee deal next next year. And you have to think that one of the big things on the list is extending some more of these guys. You would yeah. think. Yeah. Would you prioritize Baez over Bryant right now? Well, here's the thing. I think Baez is one you can extend easier. Bryant and Scott Boris, I think they're going to play very hardball continually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think... Just in terms of possibility, I think Baez would happen first. I really if you could, do. If you could only keep one of those two, who would it be? Don't do that to me. Yeah, I'm doing it. Uh, I'm doing uh, it. I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, Come on, this is the content. This is the content that, that we need. Who's it going to be? You're killing me. <laughs> Come on. I think Chris Bryant is like the ideal centerpiece for a team. But Baez does things that no other players do. That's the Baez, thing. Yeah. He he does, but they're also the kinds of things that you you don't see when guys get in their mid 30s and up. True. The kind of things that Chris Bryant can can do, I think he could do for a lot longer. I I just think that that by his play style, he's such a, a spark plug that I think he's going to have a shorter prime window than Chris Bryant. And I mean, it could I, be. And I and I and I I really really hope that I'm wrong about that. I would love to be wrong about that, but that's the way that's the way I see it right now. No, I I think. I think that is a very interesting point, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Um, people have talked about 
how hard he runs the bases. Is he going to burn himself out? And at, at this age, no. He's young. He's as athletic as it could be. Right now, no. But, you know, when you get in your 30s, things do change. Mm-hmm. Things and, very do change. Yeah, well, I'm sorry for putting you on the spot like that. If if you asked me the same question, I would say Bryant, just for the reasons I laid out. I maybe give Bryant slight edge. Yeah. Slight edge. But that's a really tough question. It It is a question, though. I mean, people have been asking it. Yeah. Something you got to think about. One. Yeah. Hopefully they could get both done. You know, that'd be nice. I would, yeah, I would prefer... I would prefer them to do both, obviously. Yeah, and, um, I, and I, th- I think they will too. I'm, I'm still, still a believer that they'll get that done at some point. Yeah, I, I, I believe it too. I just because it didn't happen right away doesn't mean it's never going to happen. I think once this marquee thing goes really rolling, taken off the ground you're going to start to see yeah. more and more of this happen. You can they'll extend, do it. Yeah. They'll, yeah. They'll do it when the time is right. One thing I've never understood is when, when other players in the league get extended and that news breaks, then everybody on social media is like, pressure's on you, Cubs. Come on, pressure's on you now. Like, why? I, I just, why does, what does that have to do with the Cubs? I don't understand why one team extending their young player means that the Cubs are all of a sudden on the clock to do it. Like every, everybody's timetable for that kind of thing is a little bit different. Everybody's financial situation is a little bit different. That's one thing I've never understood is why people think that that puts pressure on the Cubs to extend their players. Like they'll get it done when they want to get it done. It's just, it's a two way street too. People assume that because these guys aren't getting extended, it means that the Cubs just aren't inquiring. But you know, the player has to be interested in that too. And sometimes the player can just be like, "Yeah, I don't really want to talk about that right now," which is totally fair. Yeah, so I'm not going to worry about that kind of thing yet. Um, you know, time's going to go on. I just, it was when every baseball player in in the world was getting extended. I think is what kind of amps the anticipation patient up a little more among fans but you know, right now i'm gonna try to be a little more patient with it we'll see going forward we'll see what happens I th- things will be fine i think it'll be okay adam the voice of calm the voice of relax not very often no not very often at all but here we are yeah take it while you can get it but i mean going back to what we were talking about i i, I look at the list here and if if teams are going to be asking for King's ransoms for some of their relievers, I mean, Shane Green has had one of the most underrated seasons this year uh, among all relievers, a 135 ERA. I believe he leads the, he does, he leads the American League in saves. He's been very, very, very good. Uh, he may cost a little bit. The, the Tigers... They are going to want to get some return because well they're pretty far off. He doesn't he doesn't really have the track record though either that to no, he necessarily doesn't. sell teams that that he is the real deal. You know that that this is who he is and not just a hot streak that he's riding at the moment. So I that'll bring his price down a little bit. It could. I mean, if things it go should. I uh, maybe, but I just if he keeps if he keeps this up, then the, the value is he's going to be a valuable asset. It's 
I don't think he's going to cost as much as Ken Giles, who has maybe more of a a resume like we were talking about earlier, but uh-huh. it, it wouldn't be like a really cheap get. None of these guys would really. No, no. I mean, if naturally you're talking about making your bullpen better. That's that's, you know, you're going to have to give something up to get something every time. You know, you know it's you can't just you can't just give teams the the pieces that you didn't want in the first place and get a great reliever. <laughs> right. Uh you look at guys like Will Smith and Tony Watson. I mean, they'll they'll get something back. And I don't think it's going to be anything well, major, yeah, those, but those, it, they'll those, get something. Yeah, those are guys that could help the Cubs pen out a lot, and, and they wouldn't necessarily cost an arm and a leg. Will Smith, not the Fresh Prince, he's got a 285-89 ERA, and Tony Watson has a 212 ERA. Again, this is speaking before tonight's games, so you know, keep that in mind. That would uh, suck to grow up in the 90s being the white Will Smith. I know, right? <laughs> you are not the Fresh Prince. I'm sorry. That would be a great Twitter handle for baseball Will Smith. Not Fresh <laughs> not, Prince. Not Fresh Prince. At I not like Fresh it. Prince. Yeah. You should tweet him that and say, fresh. hey, I got yeah. an idea for your new handle. I don't know why today, randomly, for whatever reason, I don't even know why, I thought that Scottie Pippen should be on Twitter and his Twitter handle should be Pippen Ain't Easy. That's almost too obvious. Yeah. I don't know why it, there, like nothing. I usually listen to sports radio on my way to work in the mornings and there was nothing about him or the Bulls or anything. I don't know why that just randomly popped in my little lizard brain, but it did. You just randomly thought of Scottie Pippen. That's all right. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's okay. I'm not even really a basketball guy either. Like as much as I like Chicago sports, the Bulls just have never interested me much. I think it's just because I just don't like the NBA in general. Oh, when I was a kid, I loved the boring, Bulls, but boring they, basketball. They it. I don't know how anybody can watch regular season NBA. It's just it's it's borderline unwatchable to me. It's so boring. Their play style is just atrociously nauseating. It's like street ball, no ball movement. Everybody's just chucking threes. I hate it so much. I'll watch the finals, a little bit of the playoffs in the finals, but that's about it. I'm just tired of the same team winning year after year. And well, I know yeah. it's probably hypocritical because I'm a Bulls fan and in the 90s they won year after year with Jordan. But yeah. I don't know. After a while, at least this year's playoffs have been kind of interesting with like the Raptors and the Bucks. But like, it's like, okay, just a matter of time before Golden State dominates again. You know, it's like, where's the fun in that? And the other yeah. thing is, in order to build a championship caliber team, you need to get lucky and draft superstars. If you don't, you're not going to win. You have no chance. Yeah, well, I mean, and the Bulls, the Bulls have the history, and they're a big market team. That you know, even if they're not good, that that alone should be enough to attract some from but they some don't. superstar free agents. Yeah, they never well, do. I think because their front office, I think, is kind of a mess. Kind of a mess. <laughs> yeah, is that kind an of a mess. Yeah. It's an embarrassing dumpster fire. Yeah, they, they are were just terrible. Yeah, if they were just slightly more competent, I think they would maybe be drawing the interest of guys like Kevin Durant. It should show you how bad it is when the yeah. Chicago Bulls, one of the biggest brands in all the sports around the world, thanks to Michael Jordan, cannot draw the big free agent ever. Yeah. 
They tried to get Carmelo Anthony. That didn't happen. They tried LeBron James. They that's, tried Dwayne Wade. They've tr- and they've had to settle for Carlos Boozer. They've had to settle <laughs> for Pau Gasol, who was good, but they've had to settle for finally getting Dwayne Wade when he's old and past his prime and are just trying yeah. to build an eighth seed. Yeah. I never thought I'd rant about the Bulls on this show before, but here we are. Why not? Why not? We've done other rants. We talk yeah. about all sorts of stuff. We talk about the Big Lebowski every once in a while. Which, we do? Oh, by the which, uh, oh yeah, do we? Yeah, we do. I think we both kind of like that movie, huh? Eh, maybe a little bit. So uh, it was brought to my attention that they're reissuing, a company is reissuing uh, the sunglasses that the dude wears in that movie. Yes. And at first, a- it, at first <laughs> that really excited me because I was wanted a pair, but they're $280. We yeah, I don't know why, but the glasses I always wanted were Walter's yellow glasses. I don't know <laughs> why. I just I love those things. You know, it's I. You know the scene where where they're they're talking to the the guy at the the morgue or whatever about uh, uh, a Donnie right after he dies, like scattering the ashes. It, when he when he hands the bill back to him, he's like, "This is one hundred and eighty dollars." That is for the I, urn. I, I do that. I do that every time I go out to a restaurant with my friends and we get our check <laughs> at the end. I'll do the thing that Walter does where I'll like kind of half take my glasses off. They're just dancing <laughs> in my face and go, this is in <laughs> my bill. I'll be like, this is $20. The way he raises his eyebrows and like punches his lips <laughs> yeah. when he looks at it. <laughs> just because we're bereaved doesn't make us sap. Gentlemen, please lower your voices. <laughs> this is a mortuary, not a rental house. My friends and I, we always get a huge kick of when they spread the ashes and they just <laughs> yeah, they go backwards back. right into the dude's face. Oh, that's an all-timer. Oh, my God. It's... And just the look on the dude's face is great. <laughs> he just stands there. Yeah, he just doesn't even move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> Good night, sweet prince. <laughs> Donnie, who loved bowling. And that's why you could never do a Big Lebowski sequel, because you're no. not going to just say, oh, Donnie's back somehow, and you're not going to have it without Donnie either. No, you just couldn't recreate what that movie was. There's just no way. There's no way they could do a sequel to that movie without it being really disappointing. Sequels, decade or more later, never go well, ever. Exactly. It just it just wouldn't work. Yeah. It wouldn't at all it's it's a soulless cash grab every time hollywood does that yeah pretty much pretty much especially for a movie like that because it's funny when people ask me like what is the big lebowski like what is the main like theme or like purpose of the big lebowski i always just say i can't really describe it i've seen it many times but i can't (laughs) describe it yeah it's it's really yeah, that's that's that would be really hard to describe to somebody. <laughs> that's that's one of those movies where you you really can't explain that. You just got to tell me. You just got to watch it. You just have to watch it. I remember maybe watch showing it that. Times. I remember showing that movie to to some of my friends in high school, and none of them liked it. Oh, and they, they, but you know, some people just need toilet humor like the hangover to get their laughs. But I'm fortunate though, that my closest friends are also huge, big Lebowski fans. So we just quote it all day long. 
You know, one of my favorite things to do um, on a couch is pose like the dude did when he's at Jackie Treehorn's house. He's on the couch. <laughs> Social studies. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Uh, as we... Caucasian. All right, that's it. I'm I'm done. I could just quote this movie for the rest we of the show. We got to save some quotes we... for later shows. Yeah, we can't burn them all out too quick. Exactly. So we're about at the end of the show. Do you have any former Cubs you would like to talk about? Yeah, Tommy LaStella, because he's hit more home runs than Mike Trout. Yeah, and that's been a pretty big story in I baseball. Like, where, where did that come from? He's just like an all-star now or what? Well, I think we can agree on one thing. Yeah. This wouldn't happen here in Chicago because no. he wouldn't be playing every day. He couldn't get the playing time, no. It, well, I mean, just, maybe maybe he could have gotten quite a few reps at like second base if he was still here. But then again, that's that's not a a long term thing, even for this season. But yeah, it just it was it wasn't going to happen unless there were no. a bunch of injuries. The other thing is, he's playing in an American League environment where you know very. Very offensive friendly with the DH. You know, there's more runs being generated. He's Uh playing in an environment that I just think is better suited for a guy like him. I think environment can make a bigger difference than some people could think. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're playing every day and you're not coming off the bench. When you're coming off the bench, it's it's different. It's very different. And I, you know, we, people had said when he was a Cub that, if given the opportunity to be a regular starter, that Tommy LaStella could be pretty good. And I think the Cubs really did right by him, letting him go where he could play regularly. Yeah, I, I think it was good for him, and I'm very happy for him. Is this power stroke going to continue? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. He's tiny. Look at him. It's so funny, though. He just it's, he it's crushes them. It's really weird. He's like doubled his career high. And you're out homering one of your teammates who is considered yeah. the best player in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> who to thunk? So I guess now that means that Tommy LaStella is the greatest player in baseball history. Yeah. Those are the rules. Yeah, I think so. I think it's he should already be in Cooperstown. It's kind of crazy to think about because Tommy LaStella has been with the organization since like they started getting good again, like throughout that whole journey from getting yeah. good to being good to being in the World Series to winning the World Series to being a World Series champ and defending the title, he's been there the whole time. Man, that's yeah, that's a pretty pretty good go of it for him. He got he got a ring, and now he gets to be a regular starter with one of the greatest players of all time. It is, it, even if he doesn't win with the Angels, he's got that ring. He knows he's what it's got like the to ring. Win. He's got the ring. He's kind of got it made right now. Good for him. He does, yeah. Yeah, good for him. And didn't he lead the league in pinch hits last year? I believe he did when he was with the Cubs. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I have no idea about that stat, but that wouldn't surprise me at all if that was true. The other interesting thing about Tommy LaStella was, if you remember, he didn't really play much like in the postseason. But you could go back in the regular season and say he may not have had like 
the big hit to take the lead. But -hmm. you could go to a number of occasions and say Tommy Lestella got on base and set up that big inning. So he was just he was just there along with the ride the whole way. Yeah, I that's a player that I think people, despite him not really ever being much of a, a starter, just a spot start on occasion, I think people will remember him. I mean, it's, I think so it's, too. It's pretty rare that you find a, a pinch hitter who can come through as often as he did. It is. It, he was very good at seeing pitches, having good at bats, and then getting on base. It's not like he was just going up there hacking and bloops were falling in. He would put together good at bats. Yep. So that's my former Cub, Tommy Listella. Good stuff. Let's see how many more home runs he can hit before the All Star break. I say about 180. That's it? Yeah, I think he's going to hit a little bit of a dry spell. I think you're selling him short. Well, what would you say? Four. I think he's going to I think he's going to hit four more home runs. <laughs> I do. Okay. I thought I thought you were going to give another sarcastic answer like that. No, I'm switch I'm switching back to serious Adam. I think he's going to hit Buzz four kill. more home runs and then be done. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I I just I could see the power just really kind of falling off, but you know, until that does happen, I hope he keeps it up. Do you remember in 2009, I don't know if you'll remember this, but Remember how Ryan Terrio never had any power, but he had like that weak stretch where he hit like four or five of them. Yeah. And everyone was just like, what the heck? And then it just went away. Yeah. Ryan Terrio, the riot. I pretty much just remember him for being discount Orlando Bloom. Ha. <laughs> now you mentioned that, that that is that's yeah, I pretty can't, accurate. I can't be the only one who sees that. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. All right, well, that's just about it here for Climbing the Ivy. We hope you enjoyed the show. Reminder to check out Cubby's Crib at cubbyscrib.com. You can also check out Adam and I on Twitter, and you can look at all of our podcasts on iTunes.com. So until next time, he's Adam. I'm Alex. Have a great night. We'll see you next week.